0: Welcome to the How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez. The podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your
1: host. Welcome to this episode of the How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Mickey Kennedy. Mickey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I don't know that we've ever done, I don't think we've ever done a deep dive on press releases, but Mickey Kennedy is going to share his tips and advice based on over 24 years of experience as the founder of E Releases, on how to leverage press releases to get the publicity you need to launch and grow your small business. To receive more information about the Howa Business, including the show notes page for this episode, and how you can continue supporting my show and receive exclusive content and discounts through a Patreon membership, please visit thehowabusiness.com. So Mickey Kennedy founded e-releases 24 years ago to help small businesses, authors, and startups increase their visibility and credibility through press release marketing. Mickey is an expert at helping small businesses, authors, and startups increase their visibility and their credibility. Mickey founded e-releases, as I said, 24 years ago after realizing that small businesses desperately need a press release service they can actually afford giving them access to the media and to the national newswire, all with a personal touch. He personally holds an MFA in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry from George Mason University, and his press releases have resulted in articles being published in The Wall Street Journal, CNN, Bloomberg, and many prestigious other news outlets. Mickey lives in the Baltimore area. So once again, Mickey Kennedy, welcome to the show. Thanks. So, um, you live in Baltimore, but you must go to Disney often. If I gather from the pictures I saw in doing the research, you seem to be like you're a Disney fan. Well, uh,
0: I haven't been there in a few years, but really? uh, I, I, I do like Disney. I'm a, I'm a bit whimsical and fun. I'm, a uh, a trained poet, uh, my background, so I, I don't, uh, I don't really go by regular rules. So I, I, I do appreciate uh, the energy of Disney, but uh, I, I haven't been since I was, uh, the children were small.
1: Ah, okay. Interesting. We are big Disney fans. Of course, I grew up in South Florida. So it was, I started going from the year it opened in 71. Wow. Uh, and then my daughter, although I moved to Dallas area and, and raised my daughter there, took her often. So she's a big Disney fan as well. So, She's already been a couple of times this year. We've already got a couple of trips next year planned, but I saw one of your pictures. And so I had to ask about that, but speaking of poetry and then if I did the research, right, you studied and I mentioned, you know, English anthropology, what did you think you wanted to do back then? What did you want to be when you grew up back? then? I I wanted to be a poet. Um,
0: I did a master's of fine arts in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry And I just assumed that I would wait tables and uh, write poetry in the evenings. And I uh, got my MFA and uh, worked as a waiter. And I realized it was like physically taxing and mentally exhausting. Um, I would do a 10 hour, 12 hour shift and I was just done for two or three days. (laughs) Uh, So I realized I wanted a safe office job. And so uh, I was in Northern Virginia at the time where I'd finished up my degree. And so I uh, got a job in DC working for a telecom research uh, startup as employee number three. Wow. And because I had the writing background, they said, you need to learn how to write press releases and send them out to the media. And so I would write releases and uh, we had a Rolodex of uh, fax numbers and we faxed a journalist. And over time, uh, a lot of journalists would call and say, hey, you published a lot of number and statistics there. Could you email me uh, the press release with that data? Um, it's easier to work with, copy and paste. And so light bulb went off and I just uh, sort of uh, realized that email seemed like a natural evolution of uh, you know interacting with journalists. So I spent a year um, talking to journalists and asking them if I could put them in my uh, uh, media database and send them press releases. And overwhelmingly at the time, 24 years ago, most of them said yes. And so when I launched whatever 10,000 journalists to my database. And I was just largely a matchmaker uh, for clients who would pay me to send their release out and I would uh, send it to appropriate media. Over the years, I was approached by PR Newswire to also include uh, them as a distribution uh, platform. And uh, what was interesting about that is uh, they charge over a thousand dollars to move a press release nationally, wow. and I was just charging a couple hundred dollars. And so um, I I told them I didn't think we'd be able to work together, but they really liked the um, audience and uh, customer base I had. Um, they really liked uh, small businesses, entrepreneurs. Um, they knew that they weren't serving the really small business and you know people that are doing. Two to four releases a year doesn't really interest their sales uh, force, right. and so they they saw as a sort of a a, a small business arm of them uh, being able to help uh, those people get a national
1: distribution over the wire. Yeah, well, good good for them that they saw that this opportunity in this channel, right, to be able to serve this segment. Right. But so going back, uh, you were so you were perfectly okay. You thought with just serving working as a server and doing poetry because that's what you were passionate about did you have any aspirations of owning your own business back then no i didn't um i uh it's interesting because my grandfather uh
0: was a serial entrepreneur and he would start one business after another and they would become successful and then he would lose interest and just either uh, put someone in place to to run it usually into the ground after he left uh, or he would just sell it uh, outright. And uh, I, you know, maybe that was where I picked up some of my uh, leanings, but I, I, really saw a need for small businesses to be able to reach the media. Nobody else was really doing it. Um, I I was talking with other small business owners, uh, you know, 25 years ago, and their only alternative at the time was pretty much just to go uh, to a PR firm or to work directly with the wire. And like I said, that's over $1,000 to move a release uh, nationally with the wire. And to work with PR firms, you're spending much more money.
1: Yeah. So, um, and your parents were not entrepreneurs.
0: No, uh, well, my father was an electrician, and uh, he he did have his own small business. He had a couple of helpers that worked for him, um, and so I guess uh, you know, uh, there. I never considered him much of an entrepreneur, but he was, uh, you know, in business for himself. Yeah, he so. was more
1: self-employed, more in that right. in that segment of it. Yeah. So now that you've been doing it for twenty-four years, now you've been your own boss, right? Right. um so looking back over that period of time and now what what does it do for you what is the the biggest benefit for you of being your a business owner being your own boss i think it's being in control of yourself your
0: time your energy um, you know where you feel you want to put uh, yourself in the business. I've sort of carved out my business that I'm in charge of marketing and I've completely divorced myself from day-to-day operations. Um, and I, I am a micromanager by nature. And so I uh, was really difficult to work with in an office environment. And I had heavy turnover. Most people mm-hmm. would come in and stay a year and they would move on. And I had a friend who was a very high-priced HR consultant who finally, after a couple of years of hearing me complain, said, Mickey, I will analyze your workforce and determine what you're doing wrong and hopefully be able to hire the right people. And she came back and said, you're hiring the right people. Your customers uh, that I talked to really love the customer service they get and the experience they have, but your employees just don't like working under you, you're yeah. uh, you know, you're know, difficult. And so in April of 2015, I uh, left the office and told him I was going home and I put someone in charge who uh, is, is a different personality than myself, uh, not a micromanager, and it's worked out really well. Uh, as a matter of fact, everybody but one person, uh, when I left in April of 2015, is still there.
1: Wow, yeah, that tells you something. It's <laughs> huge to you that you were able to accept that because usually with our egos, as entrepreneurs, we just refuse to accept that fact and to do anything about it. Yeah,
0: right. I think that you know, as a business owner, you want everything to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, like my HR consultant said, they're not. Everyone that you employ is not going to have the conversation with a customer exactly how you'd love to phrase it. And you just have to trust that they have the the experience and they know what. The, the you know the goal of the conversation is, and you just have to trust them. Right. And it it, free, it really freed me up to focus on the marketing, and the business has just grown gangbusters since April of 2015. And I I probably wouldn't have grown as large as I have if I had still been micromanaging and watching every conversation and just making employees' lives miserable.
1: Yeah, no, I I believe it. I think that's one of the key takeaways. I think that we we learn is that. Not only do we benefit from us being able to focus on what it is that we enjoy doing and that we're best at, but what we find is that while they may not do it 100% like we would do it, often what you get is they might actually have a better way to do things.
0: Right. Absolutely. All
1: right. So let's get into it here, talking about press releases for publicity. I'd like to start with what might seem like an obvious question, but how do you define what is a press release?
0: Um, basically a press release is an announcement to the media. It's usually written in the third person. If you have something you want to say in the first person, you usually put that in a, a quote, um, mm-hmm. with you at the company. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's not very advanced writing. Um, you know, I think most are written in like a sixth or eighth grade level as the goal. Um, and so what you're really trying to do is just pour out facts Uh, as succinctly as possible so that a journalist could turn it into an article. There are so many people that believe the end goal is to get the press release duplicated or replicated on a bunch of websites. And for like 20 years, that was a big distraction in the marketplace um, with syndication and web only type distribution where a journalist never looks at your press release. It just gets put on a section on a website. Um, And what I'm looking for and what you know any PR firm is looking for is a journalist who looks at that press release and says, there's a compelling story here and I want to tell it. So they write the article and um, that that is what, what we're looking for at the end of the day as, as uh, earned media and a, a great outcome.
1: Yeah, and so you're giving them. First of all, the the first point about it's written simply is obviously so that it's uh, easy for anybody to understand. But is that also because, as we've, as I've always been told, newspapers publications are usually written at, you know, that kind of high school right. at the most grade level, if that.
0: Correct. Uh, ger- um, as you'll find, with the exceptions of some publications, like trade publications, mm-hmm. and of course, like the Wall Street Journal, most of your newspapers are going to be at an eighth grade, ninth grade level of, of writing and th- what they're really trying to do is to make something very simple and understandable so that uh, a young person could read it someone who isn't very sophisticated you could read it the average american could pick it up and understand it without having any uh, difficulties determining you know stuff that happens when you start doing more complex writing. You tend to use hyperbole and and metaphors and stuff like that, the poetry of, of the language <laughs> in which interpretation starts getting involved, and right. it gets more and more difficult to lock down the actual facts. I see.
1: I'm curious, and I was going to ask you that earlier. How did you make that transition from being a poet to writing in this style that's dictated for press releases?
0: Right. So it was difficult. Um, I had some technical writing classes that i would taken in the past I and uh, I applied what I'd learned there. But I found that you could still be creative. Um, and what I did was I engaged that creative part of my mind to really try to come up with uh, compelling um, news. We were publishing telecom data. And it's not sexy. It's like (laughs) the traffic, but we would find stuff like all of a sudden um, traffic from uh, one uh, island country in the Caribbean would all of a sudden uh, see its traffic to the U.S. go up by a factor of 10 and what's the story there why is that happening and mm-hmm. at the time it was the uh, proliferation of 1 900 numbers I and see. uh the, the 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 traffic was being routed through um this this caribbean country um nobody from that country was actually talking to us but it was just routed through there and it made a very interesting story and i got good at analyzing the data and pulling out a story and the media really really responded to it. We uh, routinely got picked up in uh, Washington Post, Financial Times, The Economist, uh, lots of really great publications. And it really helped us uh, sort of cement the the value that we had with all the data that we did produce. And when we started, we were publishing our da- annual data for around $1,500. Uh 4 or 5 years later they started charging $15,000 for the same data wow. each year and it was largely because of the 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 value of being able to tell stories and bring to light the you know what what the importance of having this uh, information and data and traffic statistics
1: was mm-hmm. so do i still so several key things here that that I'm getting so far With a press release, obviously the simple language, it's not about it getting replicated, but you're sharing facts that are easy for a, a a journalist to pick up. That's why the quotes are important because they might pick that up as well. But you are still telling a story if, if possible and to make it effective. Is that true?
0: Yes, uh, you really should be. We get a lot of uh, product launch press releases where someone has, uh, say, a a new consumer electronic, and it's really just a lot of features Mm -hmm. and a desire from them to want to sell more of the product. And what they forgot to put in the press release and share is the story. Like uh, what's the, you know, using this product. What could a customer potentially right. see? What is that
1: consumer experience or what might someone uh, experience if they used this, that part of it, yeah?
0: Right, so if you were to have a use case study of someone who beta tested it and they saw a 17% increase mm. in revenue or a, a, a 8% reduction in costs, or some other bottleneck solved as a result of your product or uh, the solution that you have, those are the things that you want to include in a product launch press release, uh, with quotes from the customer, uh, you know, uh, real, real life usage uh, that allows a journalist to build a story where just having the the product itself and a list of features makes it more difficult for a journalist to a want to write the story and b actually have the information to, to, to
1: write that story. Right. Yeah. Cause nobody wants to read a, a list of features. We want to know how the human side of that. How is somebody using that, or or got hurt by that, or benefited from that? But obviously, in the press release, we wouldn't put forward how somebody got hurt. But the story of how somebody is using that. Uh, the other thing that I that I've uh, been told, and I think I have found in my experience as well, that tends to get picked up is uh, employment numbers. So if, if I'm about to hire a hundred people, that seems to get traction. Does it not, Mickey?
0: It does with um, local media and some trade publications. Um, if uh, it, it it it's it's it gets respectable pickup. Uh, it, it it's not what I would call like stuff that gets like dozens of articles written about it. But it certainly usually does get local media pickup as well as industry specific pickup.
1: Okay. All right. Now ex- we you've touched on it, but explain a little bit more to me how now. Press releases work in the online environment, and in particular, you mentioned and I think I understand it, but explain to me what the how the PR Newswire component comes into play. Can you explain now how this happens electronically?
0: Sure. sure. So the Newswire dis- disseminates and distributes press releases electronically. Uh, it used to do it through teletype. Uh, 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 feeds that would go directly into newsrooms and you just imagine a a dot matrix printer just spitting out (laughs) story after story Uh, but that evolved into being in the intranet and now with the internet uh, journalists just have a login at the wire where they can log Login. Anybody can publicly look at the press releases that are there. You can go to PR Newswire and look at the press releases that are there. You can click through and do searches and stuff like that. But what you can't do is if you have a login with PR Newswire as a journalist, you can really customize the feeds that you see. So um, you can actually create exclusion keywords, inclusion keywords so what the headlines that you're bringing up in your feed are going to be really specific to what you cover and the kind of stuff that interests you and that's the real value of the wire because a journalist can go in there and easily skim um you know that day's headlines and see if there's a story there um that they might want to click through and learn more about and potentially write an article and And, then the go ahead i'm sorry oh and uh you know the, the real uh you know, thing about a a wire is that it's, it's, it's electronic, it's online. For that reason, um, you know, you get the ability to upload a couple of images. I I highly recommend that people do that because um if a journalist is looking at two potential stories knowing that most publications now have an online presence and one has multimedia collateral like images and the other one doesn't they know that their audience is going to interact more with the one that has really great images or, or photos that are a- uh, added to the story i don't think a logo is very important um you you have the ability to upload too i would make them more relevant to what the announcement is um and, you know, if it's a product, uh, maybe a picture of the product. And what I'll say is the ones that work best are the ones that are uh, out in the field. You know, a product being used by a customer mm-hmm. uh, works much better than just a product uh, that looks like it's been shot by a professional photographer with a, a blue a velvet background or something right. like that. So right. uh, just keep that in mind. I mean, the more personal You can make your product and your photos and things like that, and and avoiding uh, you know stuff that's like stock photos. I I think you
1: have a chance of doing really well. Yeah, that's huge. That's definitely something I would not have thought of. And one example of how press releases have changed over time, because as you put it simply, now since most of what's getting written goes to the online platforms, the images are so much more critical. So that's a huge takeaway there. This is Henry Lopez with a brief pause to this episode to let you know that one of our sponsors and one of my favorite podcast shows, Stroke of Genius is back for another great season. If you have ever had a great idea or brainstormed a way to make something better, Stroke of Genius is the podcast for you. Brought to you by IPO Education Foundation, Stroke of Genius identifies misconceptions about intellectual property to show the importance of IP to business and the economy. In season five, Host and entrepreneur Raja Francis tackles questions about how patents incentivize investment in R&D, the right of musicians to sample music, the role of IP in promoting technology, sustainability, and more. Here, entrepreneurs, artists, scientists, inventors, lawyers, and other industry leaders get to the heart of what intellectual property protection means to them and why it matters get more information on Stroke of Genius at ipoef.org and don't forget to subscribe and rate Stroke of Genius on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. It, any other thoughts as to how press releases have changed over time from when even when you started 24 years ago right. to now.
0: So they've become a lot more casual um there used to be really a strong adherence to ap style um and you know what was accepted uh it, it, it's, it's evolved and it's become a lot more loose and so um the good news is if you have a mistake in your press release it's unlikely to completely ding you from getting media pickup okay um it 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 really now i think it's the meat of what you're announcing the Mm newsworthiness of what you're announcing and uh it doesn't have to be like perfectly ap style or anything like that uh one of the things that we do at e-releases is we do take the release and put it uh, as close to ap style as possible Uh, but you really don't have to because the wire is much more accepting of content as it comes in it's more casual um it's it's uh it's 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 less polished than it used to be. And uh, there's part of me that likes the adherence to things being perfect. But there's also the part of me that recognizes if you're a small business, uh, if you are paranoid that you're going to release something with one little mistake in it, and that's going to ding you, you, you generally just don't get it done and you don't get it out there. Yeah. And I think that the fact that now we're much more accepting of stuff um, that's out there, whether it's perfectly done, I think is great because it really gets to the newsworthiness being what uh, determines whether you get media pickup, as opposed to whether you, uh, you know, miss misspelled the word color and use the British O-R-O-U-R
1: spelling or something like yeah, that. Definitely democratizes it a bit more. It's not as, it's not like a bunch of editors sitting around judging our right skills yeah right um, but to that end should I write my own press releases or what are your thoughts on that I know through e-releases you offer a press release writing service right
0: right uh, I recommend that people write their own releases I think that uh it's it's not overly complicated uh spend a lot of time determining what you want to announce that's where your energy and creativity should be and less on uh you know, the importance of how well written a press release is. That being said, if writing is not your your strength or you don't feel like you can do it, then you can certainly, you know, uh, pay someone like e releases to do it for you. But I do think because press releases are so almost simplistic in how they're written, I think it's something that almost anyone could be able to do. Um, I do recommend that you spend most of your energy and time after you've written the release, really looking at your headline and really looking at the quote that you have in a press release because I've seen uh, people with a medium newsworthiness uh, and do really well because they had a really compelling quote. And if the quote says something that's very succinct, cannot easily be paraphrased without losing some magic. And this is an area where you can do some creative writing and really have some flair in how you tell something succinctly and beautifully about your industry or your product or what you're announcing. You do, you you know, that is something that a journalist will want to preserve and build a story around that great quote. Mm -hmm. And another thing I've seen over the years is um, small businesses inspire a story and the article gets written and the company is nowhere mentioned in it. (laughs) And what happened there is the journalist didn't do that out of spite. The journalist included them in the story and their managing editor said, why is this small company mentioned? I've never heard of them. And he crosses them out. But if there was a really great quote in there, the journal, the managing editor would not have said anything. They would have said, "You know, might even put an exclamation mark next to the quote and said, "This is great. I can completely understand why
1: the small uh, you know little businesses is here I see. interesting. and that and that's why while while I don't well, I can write it myself because of how much more relaxed the expectations or standards are, the format and the things that you've shared so so far if I don't have any experience or expertise there, then, then I, it's probably seems to me like I should still get some help at least to make sure it has these key components in it.
0: Right. Yeah. And, uh, On the footer of our website, we have press release samples, and you can go there and look at lots of different examples of types of press releases and just use one as a model. Um, And uh, you can always send a release to e-releases, and we'll take a look at it and get back to you with suggestions or if we see problem areas and things like that. And that's whether you use us or not, just allow us a day or two. Yeah, just allow us a day or two to get back to you. Uh, but that's something that we do because we're we're all about helping small businesses and and people who you know, are navigating press releases for the first time. And we understand that um, you know so, sometimes. Uh, mistakes happen and sometimes things get left out and uh, we can be a really good uh, set of eyes uh, when you're doing a press release.
1: Absolutely. Great, great service there. So thinking about it from a small business owner's perspective, the obvious event were, for which I have used press releases is when I've started a new business. So announcing the the opening of a new business. That's obvious. Are there other though uh, events that you think are worth considering using press releases for publicity?
0: Yeah, so there's lots of uh, potential uh, press release ideas that you can use. Um, you know, it could be a joint venture uh, with another company or a partnership. Um, it could be, uh, of course, I'd mentioned a new or updated product or service. Um, could be you speaking at or presenting at an event mm-hmm. or winning an award. Um, you know, something that you're doing with community involvement could be a charitable donation, or maybe you you volunteer for a particular charity. Um, you know, there's um, you know lots of little potential things: a patent filing, um, or being awarded a patent. Um, there's, of course, mergers and acquisitions, or funding milestones that you might reach uh, where you've uh, attracted some capital. Um, you know, it, it can really get into lots of different things. I mean, I've seen people do a uh, white paper announcements where hmm, uh, they put together a really compelling white paper and nobody else in the industry has really, uh, talked intelligently and provided a resource like that. And I've, I've seen those work. Um, I, you know, I, I think you have to be careful on those types of things because, uh, uh, PR and press releases aren't meant to replace regular marketing. And I think that, you know, that gets closer to that. And I think that that's where journalists push back a little bit. But I think Mm -hmm. if what you're saying uh, is really compelling, and you're providing a, a resource, and you can make that story apparent in the press release as to why this information is worth having and sharing that, then you can make something that a journalist would want to uh, share with their audience. Because at the end of the day, a journalist is just a gatekeeper and they have a um, a moat around their customer base, their audience and readers, and they're trying to determine what would, you know, interest my audience and what would, you know, they find compelling and uh, really interesting. And so, you know, their job isn't to try to sell more of your product. Their job is to be a curator and, you know, find something. And often it's a little, uh, small business or a product or service, uh, of a small business and share it with their audience because, you know, they don't like, you know, talking about a new product or service that Google has, or Microsoft has, because they've got big budgets, they can market. Um, right. they like, they like curating and and discovering uh, smaller things and things by smaller companies, and so it really does make it easier, I think, for small businesses and entrepreneurs and startups to get media attention than if you were, you know, Microsoft or uh, Google or any large company.
1: Yeah, that that's a that's a good point. Is it true? I'd heard it said that to that end, uh, journalists and publications are hungry for content that they can use and make and present and make it sticky. Is that true? Or are they overwhelmed with good stories to pursue?
0: They are not overwhelmed with good stories. They are always hunting for more stories. And what we've seen over the last 10 years is what a journalist is expected to produce is gone up, you know, by a factor of two or three used to be, you could be expected to do two columns a week, and now they're routinely expected to do six columns a week. Interesting. Um, and and so, that's
1: that's you see that reflected in the lack of true investigative journalism, or you know, they just don't they're not allocated as much time to produce an article anymore. So, right,
0: it's very yeah. expensive to yeah. allow someone to have six months to a right. year to develop a story and work on it and have a team. And so, that's why you see the larger papers like you know, Washington Post and New York Times still breaking those sort of uh, you know, investigative reports. Um, but, you know, even there, it, it's, it's very competitive and it's just a, a small population of people that are able to do that. And so it is, unfortunately, a lot of people who are just producing content and constantly hunting for something that's uh, interesting and compelling.
1: And right, I want to go back to, because I, I want to highlight also, going back to how it works and the news wire, but you also touched on it as how you got started. When I distribute a press release through e-releases, you're also getting it to the inboxes of thousands of journalists. And so that's another exposure that my press release is getting through an online platform like yours, correct? Correct. correct. Yeah. All right. Other common mistakes that you see that small business owners in particular make with their press releases? Anything else that we haven't talked about that you see as a common mistake?
0: I think uh, one thing that I see is that uh, small businesses like to appear larger than they are. And they like to appear very corporate and professional. And they don't often talk about their story. Mm. And so, you know, having a story of your business, how it came to be, and including the embarrassing obstacles and milestones that you encountered make a really interesting story. I had a a client share with me how they had spent the previous Thanksgiving uh, prior year, uh, uh, stuffing uh, product in, in boxes in the garage uh, with the entire extended family, rather than eating turkey and uh, being around the table, uh, because they got slammed with orders and they had to go out that Monday when things opened back up. And uh, I told them you should put that in a press release. That's and a story. Just, That's
1: interesting. Yeah,
0: they were appalled. They thought that really? no, we don't want people to know that we screwed up and that we oh, were you know barely didn't make it. Uh, they finally agreed to include it. They got picked up in Ink Magazine, had an whole article written about them, wow. and and that was one of the stories that they shared in the article. And I think it's because as small business owners, we all go through difficulties, and it's how we overcome them. And you know that creates the arc of a story of a challenge, and now you're on the other side of it. You may not be a hundred million dollar business, but you've gone through that obstacle and you're growing and you know you're you're improving
1: and doing better. It's inspirational. And it's interesting that you mentioned this again. I think it's it's such a great tip. I, I often find this that a small business owners with our branding, with our website, we, because now it allows us to pretend that were, we are a bigger organization, I think we confuse that with thinking that that's the story, the narrative that we have to continue with. But your point is here is sharing that truth, that vulnerability creates something that's more compelling to the reader, therefore more likely that it gets picked up.
0: Absolutely, and um, you know one of the things that I often tell my clients who struggle and have done a couple of press releases and nothing happened, is there is one press release that if you do, you will definitely get media pickup, and uh, it is doing a survey or study within your industry, and uh, you know uh, getting the results from that, and uh, then you know, analyzing it and figuring out what were the surprises. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you're asking the right questions. I always say, ask questions that are very relevant right now. Yeah. We have supply chain issues, logistics issues, we have hiring, HR problems, people, you know, how people work is is changing. People want to work from home having experienced it uh, during the pandemic. And so uh, asking questions about that. Um, there's also economic uncertainty. So if you ask questions about you know, what's your spending on marketing over the next two quarters? Uh, Is it less? Is it more? Uh, or you're taking a wait and see attitude. All of that would be really relevant right now. And I could see someone, in, you know, media in your industry wanting to know how do people feel today about these uh, topics? And of course, you want to add additional questions uh, that are relevant to your industry and try to be creative and inventive. Um, I, I, I always recommend to use SurveyMonkey and do a multi-page thing where you have four questions on a page and generally four pages of questions around 16 questions on that final page you can have open open uh ended uh fields where people just write uh something i've had i've had what's the strangest thing a customer left in their car while being (laughs) repaired for an auto repair survey and uh, that was the one that went viral um, really and, uh, and did extremely well um and you know so many of my clients feel like, well, they have an imposter syndrome. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm not important enough to do a survey. Who am I in my industry to, to go out there and do this? And I'm like, anybody who raises their hand and says, I'm conducting a survey has the right to market it. They are yeah. the author of that survey. And so I, I challenge people to, you know. It's a great way to become the news, make the news, and you're going to have really compelling quotes as to why uh, a certain uh, hot button topic skewed a certain way in your industry. It's going to really make you an authority uh, when you do that press release and get it out there. Um, On average, um, I see between six and 14 articles that generally get picked up from every uh, survey of someone who's who who sort of follows my model of how to do that and you know one of the things I I you know I get pushed back at every uh every every move when it comes to this <laughs> uh, but they all you know often say I don't know who to send the survey to and oh, no. I guarantee you that there are dozens of small and independent trade associations in your industry that you can just ask if they would send that survey link to their members. Uh, they may only do it through social media, they may do it through email. Sometimes you can get them to do both of it. Uh, but often I find hundreds of responses come from doing a partnership like that. You want to tell them that you're going to be doing a, a press release over the wire, and you will men- you can mention them in the press release. So they see it as a, win-win. Right. It's a win win. The small and independent, yeah. Yeah, the small and independent trade. Associations don't get all the love that the large ones do. Right. Uh, so they they really uh, see this as a as a as a. A really great win-win. They might push back a little bit and want you to co-brand the survey. And there's nothing wrong with that. It actually sure. will give you more credibility. Of course. And so I feel, you know, just be open to how they would like to work together. And it it's not difficult. And it's as simple as them just sharing that link and then you tabulating the hundreds of results that you get and putting together a story. What was the story behind uh these numbers? And uh come up with some great quotes. And I guarantee that you will get media pickup in your industry.
1: Yeah. No, brilliant idea. Thanks for sharing that. And it goes back to the point of it's something that can become a component of my ongoing marketing plan to do that on a periodic basis to get publicity. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you for some great, great examples of press releases, but I think you said that if I go to the website I can find some examples there, right?
0: Right. Yeah. If you go to, uh, Uh, Press release samples uh, in my footer at eReleases.com. You will find, uh, I think it's press release examples right now. Okay. Um, And you'll find lots of samples, samples by industry. Um, sample by announcements, types, and things like that. So they're across all different types of industries, all different types of announcements and things like that. And, uh, you know, just looking at those should give you a really good indication of what a press release looks like. That being said, you know, where you should spend the energy is how can I make what I'm going to announce as newsworthy as possible? Right. And sometimes it's reverse engineering What you intended to announce to taking into account that the journalist is a gatekeeper and you really want to give them something that's going to make them say, Wow, this is cool. I really want to share it with my audience. Got it.
1: Journalist is a gatekeeper. I'm writing that down as well. Okay, excellent. And we'll have links. Again, the the website is easy to remember it's e releases.com, but also on the show notes page of this episode at the business.com, I'll have links to all of these locations on the website that Mickey has been sharing. All right. Uh, so I think we've touched on it, but give me at a high level the the synopsis of the services that you do offer through e-releases. Right. So
0: we offer uh, writing as well as distribution of press releases. It's as simple as that. We're not a, a marketing company or anything like, like that. We We really just focus on press releases and trying to get them out. Um, And we do have a new customer special. There's a link in the footer as well for that. Um, And it's uh, 30% off your first order um, of uh, either a Newsmaker or a PR Pro, which is our uh, mid tier or higher end um, press release distribution. And, uh, you know, we offer uh, chat, email consultations, um, phone consultations. Uh, we don't have any sales people. Uh, we don't have any commissions or quotas. Uh, when you talk to someone, they're really empowered to say, if we don't feel we're a good fit, uh, or what you're wanting to do doesn't seem like it's a, a good use of your financial resources because of what you're trying to announce. Uh, we're, we will we'll tell you, and we pretty much level with people, um, as to, you know, whether something could or couldn't work. And that's just the integrity that I wanted in my business. Uh, right. I got started helping, you know, really small businesses. And the last thing I want to do is take money uh, from someone who is looking to, you know, announce something that we know that the media is not going to be very re- mm-hmm. responsive to, for example, a lot of alternative health programs, uh, products and services don't Ah. do really well the newswire doesn't like them Mm -hmm. so they tend to if they let them run uh they tend to restrict who can see them and so it's it's you know that's a field where i think that maybe pr is not going to be your your best friend or you're going to be uh, working with pr with one hand tied behind your back right yeah good advice there
1: all right, and then tell me. I think there's a free master class that's available as well.
0: Yes, um, I have a, a a video master class. It's only about an hour, um, and it would really give anybody who takes it a, a really strong audit of them and their business with uh, using a model of strategic types of press releases. The survey uh, study that I mentioned is is the the central one, but there's like about eight total uh, ideas that you can do uh, that are strategic and not doing the average type of press release. And it's available at ereleases.com forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. I developed it for my customers because I want them to do more strategic types of press releases because they'll have better results. They'll get more media pickup, Uh, but it's welcome to anyone who uh, gets to that link and signs up. Appreciate it. That's a great resource.
1: All right. We'll start to wrap it up, but I'm always looking for, Book recommendations? Is there a book, Mickey, that comes to mind that you would recommend to us?
0: Yeah, I really like the eighty twenty of sales and marketing by Perry Marshall. Um, you know, a lot of people are probably familiar with the eighty twenty Pareto principle, and uh, what Perry's really done is look at that through the lens of sales and marketing, and it's really surprising. You know, the types of uh, instances where you can look at your business and determine like maybe eighty percent of your headaches are dealing with, you know, just 20% of your customers. And so, you know, you may need to fire some of your customers or work them down a path where it's this way or, you know, some, some other way. Um, and, you know, there's, Many different ways of going through your business uh, where the Pareto principle can really be applied. Uh, Online advertising, like a Google search engine, pay per click marketing, you know, looking at, uh, you know, creating the the perfect ad can give you like a a 20%, 30% lift. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, really trying to uh, brainstorm and be creative in, in coming up with ideas and i think that 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 the uh, everything looking at everything through the lens of 8020 or the Pareto principle can really open up your business and and you know for me it got me out of my uh, day-to-day operations right and, i was going to ask me... you that
1: seems like that a philosophy applied to that shift as well correct correct yeah. excellent well thanks for that recommendation we'll have a link to that book on the show notes page as well at the howabusiness.com All right. We'll wrap it up, Mickey. Uh, What's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation that we've had about how, as a small business owner, I can use press releases for publicity to help me either launch or grow my business? What's one thing you want us to take away?
0: Right. I I think that the biggest thing is that PR and press releases doesn't have to be uh, impossible to figure out. And it's not something you have to pay Three to five thousand dollars a month to a PR firm to do it for you. Um, If you want to take some time and energy, do that free masterclass, um, you know, and then test several uh, different types of press releases. Uh, uh, You know, knowing that a PR campaign is usually six to eight press releases, you really want to give it several different tries using like newsworthy uh, types of ideas. And what I think you'll find is uh, once you you find out what works and works well, often you can replicate it or repeat it. Like, you know, if the survey is one, you can turn it into an annual survey and the same people that covered you last year will cover you this year and you might find you get additional media pickup as well. And so, um, you know, don't don't worry about, you know, thinking that you're too small or not important enough. Uh, You really can get out there and claim uh, a bit of uh, PR, and uh notoriety uh just by being who you are and being authentic to yourself and learning to tell an interesting story um you know there uh, the, uh eBay I've heard the eBay story from so many people that he uh he's founded it to sell help sell his uh, girlfriend's uh, pez collection mm-hmm. and uh it since has come out that that wasn't true but <laughs> it was it it did so well and so many people know the story because it it seemed like something that was, uh, people could identify with, right? We could and, relate to, you know. It, it was a sol- it was a problem, and here was a solution.
1: Yeah, g- great takeaways there, and and you've shared so many actionable uh, items on how to do it. But you're absolutely right. You know, I found myself most recently, probably a couple years ago, when I launched, helped launch a business. Most recently. And we were presented with that. Oh, it's got $2,000 and we'll do it for you. And I'm like, oh my God, what are, what are we getting for $2,000? But not knowing enough, I wasn't, we, what we did is we, we cut it in half by not having to have them write it because I felt confident we could write it and we did. But then again, for small business owners, they're facing these huge amounts of money to do something we could really do ourselves on a platform like yours. Right. Where do we go online again to learn more?
0: Uh, e-releases.com. Uh, all my social medias on the uh, bottom right of the website. Uh, it's my LinkedIn. That's like the only social media platform I really understand. So uh, <laughs> I have people in place that handles the rest of it, like Twitter and things like that. But uh, like I said, feel free to chat or call and speak to an editor. Um, we're also reachable by email and uh, we really like helping people uh, who've never done PR before because, uh, you know, we we have people who started with us with their first release and they're still going strong, you know, five, six, seven years later.
1: Yeah, I believe it. Well, to that point, I appreciate your sharing of knowledge and tips and tricks here. That's what uh, makes for a great episode. Thank you for taking the time to be with me and to share your knowledge today, Mickey. Oh, you're very welcome. This is Henry Lopez. And thanks for joining me on this episode of the How We Business. My guest today, again, was Mickey Kennedy. I release new episodes every Monday morning. And you can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at my website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching
0: programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.